we always try to solve our problems by thinking that the problem is the problem you have told yourself this is how good i can ever be brands invest in marketing do you invest in relationships or you damage them daily and you think tomorrow your brand will come out alive what we have learned today how do we implement it to achieve this needed results do you even change your paradigm generally i think my paradigm has seriously shifted compared to the look like a candle that is lighting other candles this is just like a top up to me the number one reason why people are not able to lead themselves is because they keep self-sabotaging. There is no easy money that comes without hard work. It doesn't exist. If it does, it is just a poison chalice. You will not be able to sustain it or replicate it. What we always see is we see the end result. We do not see the hard work that has gone in underneath. The moment you start to lose your own authenticity, you stop being who you are. People pay more where you create emotional value. I close with the choice of car. Do you like a Honda or do you prefer a Mercedes-Benz? Because once she says Honda or Benz, the dog is sold. <laughs> The first time I ever sat down to have to be trained on selling. I can, I can remember all the stories. <laughs> I can remember the dog. <laughs> you know, so I'm sure he will tell us a number of things. The first time, that was about 15 years ago, he was a facilitator and I had a swell time. I, I learned so much that he stayed with me and I'm sure I've taught people the same thing as well. Um, we were together then. He had done a few years in Procter & Gamble before I joined. He left there. I think to BAT, uh, became country manager for Senegal. From there, he was in Guinness. From Guinness, he's moved around quite a lot. He's currently MD, PZ Cousins Family Care Units. Please, with the Rouse Innovation, help me jam your hands together as I welcome my friend, my brother, my boss, Alex Kuma. Good morning, everyone. We have a couple of hours. Uh, Diolo has asked me to speak about um, sales and marketing. But before I go into that, I'll just bring, uh, talk about a few things that he's highlighted. So about career, about choices. Um, just to give you an example that I think me standing here is a clear example of the kind of choices that you have to make. Uh, first of all, my name is Alex Goma. I manage the family care business for PZ Cousins, so anybody who buys Imperial Leather, Joy, Morning Fresh, um, Olympic Milk, Nunu, you actually help to pay my salary, so thank you very much. <laughs> but officially trained as a biochemist, so I went to school, I read biochemistry, I worked in quality control for a year. And after that, I went into sales. So I started in Leventis Group and then moved to, like you said, Procter & Gamble and uh, BAT and Guinness. And then, uh, of course, what I'm currently doing today. Everything starts with a vision or a purpose. If you don't have a vision or a purpose for your life, you will struggle. Because in life, there are very, very many obstacles you will face. In tough times, what becomes your anchor is your vision or purpose. 
The second thing about a purpose or vision is that's what ensures sustainability. The biggest challenge we have either in our businesses or in our personal lives is that we are like a rolling stone that gathers no moss. Money is really a symbol for value. Money is a store for value. So money is only created when you create value. If you take the piece of paper or the coin or your card, it is valueless if you have not created value. And so the more we understand that money doesn't come in its own, money only comes when you create value, you start to build the skills and the expertise to ensure you can create value on a sustainable basis. So we have many examples of people who have stolen either their companies blind or the country blind. Go and check them 5, 10, 15 years later. They're all derelicts, right? Because they do not have the capacity to grow value. Just Google the number of people that have won the lotteries in UK and US and find out how many of them today are multimillionaires after winning a lottery. So money doesn't make you. It's about your vision. It's about your purpose. It's about what you put inside you that ensures that you are sustained. Those are the things that are very, very critical to help you grow. And I see a lot of people get carried away by what we see in the society today and focus on the short term because the short term seems to be more exciting and the short term seems to be more rewarding. But the short term, unfortunately, is also a trap. So we make choices that are driven by the short term. But the choice you make today is what you will live with tomorrow. So life is about choices. Very, very simple. If there's anything you're going to take out of here today, life is about choices. The question is, what is it that is driving your choice? Is it your purpose? Is it your vision? Or is it the circumstances or the environment around you? If that's what drives your choice, then you know what? You will never be straight. However, if you have a long-term choice, you may make some decisions that are not easy. If you're trying to build a house, right, if you want to build a 100-story building, your foundation has to go deep. The problem is when people look on the surface on the soil, they don't know how deep it is. And if you are carried away by what people think, it seems as if you've done nothing because it seems like all I can see is just a plain slab. However, that foundation gives you the capacity for a lot of growth. Or you can rapidly build a one-bedroom bungalow, and people are celebrating that you've built houses ahead of your peers. But guess what? That's your limit. It's a one-bedroom bungalow. So those are some of the things that you have to think of as you build businesses and also as you build career. If your business does not have a foundation of a strong purpose or vision, right, you will struggle. The guy who started Guinness, when he bought the land for the first brewery, took a 9,000-year lease. This is more than 250 years ago. So the question I always ask is, was he sure he was going to live for 9,000 years? Or did he plan that his business was going to outlive him? So from a country of 4 million people, you have a brand that is in over 180 different countries. That's the power 
of vision if you set it right. So the fact that your beginning is small does not mean that the end right, must be small. What we always see is we see the end result. We do not see the hard work that has gone in underneath. There is no easy money that comes without hard work. And that brings us to the concept of marketing. What is marketing, really? Because if you talk to a lot of people, they have all different kinds of definitions. Some people think marketing is adverts. Some people think marketing, when you speak to people who work in banks, they say, I'm in marketing. Uh, sorry if anyone is there. I always tell them, you're not a marketer. You're a deposit collector. <laughs> you're just calling yourself a fancy name, right? Marketing is really about creating value through producing either products or services that meet a desired need. So your mama puts down the corner is in marketing. Why? She's providing a need. She's producing service that meets a need. People go to work and therefore cannot have time to cook or whatever. They want to eat on the go. She is providing that service. That's why you pay more than it will have cost you if you wanted to cook at home. If you decide that because I want to meet this need and my thinking and my vision, I can remain a mama put for 10 years. Or I can become like mamakas that started as a mama put, but guess what? Has now translated to a chain of stores. Because what's the difference? Both of them cook food, both of them serve cooked food, both of them ask you to pick whatever you are. It's a glorified mama put because you choose what you want. Madam, put this one, put this one, put this one. Is it not the same thing? What is the difference? It's in the value, and it's in the emotional value that is attached. So people pay more where you create emotional value. People pay more where you create emotional value. What's the difference between a techno phone and a Samsung phone? Price? Samsung S7 cost how much? Half a million, with exchange rates now, Abby. That's like one plot of land, Abby, two plots of land. Your techno phantom probably can do exactly the same thing. How much does it cost? Eh? 35? 80, 85? 100K. So what's the difference in the performance is the same. What's the difference between 400,000 and 100,000? It's the emotional value that is created. So the more you invest in building emotional value, the more you can earn. And that same principle applies to you either as an employee or somebody working in it. You've got to consider yourself as a brand. Why does somebody earn 50 million naira per annum and somebody earn 1 million naira per annum? The guy digging the road does more work than the guy sitting in the office, right? Why does the guy sitting in the office earn 50 million naira and the guy digging the road earns only uh, 10,000 naira? Why? It's the emotional value and how you are able to build yourself as a brand. So marketing is about services, and services that deliver more emotional value actually have earned the right to charge a lot more. And that's why you find companies or organizations trying to create a brand. So Mama Cass did not stop and decide that her Mama Put has to be like any other one. 
by changing the ambience of the area, she created a value that meant that people were willing to, to pay more. But at the end of the day, the meat is from the same market in Agigi. It's the same Nestle water that if you buy in a kiosk, that you buy and pay 200 naira, that you pay 65 naira outside. Why do you pay 200 naira for that bottle of water inside the Mamakas or inside the sweet sensation? It's because of the ambience and the environment that they have created. Now, for you to be successful in marketing, there are a couple of things we usually talk about. There are three moments where you have to win with your consumers. So we call them moments of truth. The first is you've got to win the battle for the mind of the consumer. Because if the consumer thinks positively about you, it means that you have a head start. All right? So if the consumer goes into the market, goes into the shop, he goes with your brand in mind. So I want to buy soap. Which soap do I go with in my mind? If you're able to dominate the minds of the consumer, you've won the first battle. But that is not enough. What if I go with my mind to buy a toothpaste, or I have soaked my clothes, I want to wash, and I go to the kiosk, and there's no detergent. I wanted Zip, or I wanted Omo, or Ariel, and I can now find what I have there. What am I going to do? Am I going to leave my clothes and come back the next day? Or am I going to buy something? I'm going to buy something else. So the second moment of truth is when the consumer is buying the product. Do you also win at that point? If your product is not available, then it doesn't make sense. It's like a politician campaigning, and then when they go on election day, your name is not on the ballot paper. It's all a waste. You can campaign, you can do everything, you can advertise, you can go around. If your name is not on the ballot paper, you will not be voted in. How many people go to, we're all adults here, how many people go to a supermarket and shout, do you have condoms? How many? Where do they put it? They put it where you can see it and just take it and just drop it in front of them. Is that not what they do? Simple principles, very simple, right? So second moment is how do I win where I'm visible? Again, for an employee, how does this work? So some people say, I just do my work. They don't know I am working. So if they don't know you are working, how will they promote you when it comes to promotion time? How will they promote you when it comes to promotion time? So we neglect certain skills like communication skills because you say, no, my work is to do the work. I don't have to speak English. Sorry, if the language of communication is English, then you've got to learn how to speak proper English. If the language of communication, the way you write letters, the way you write your emails, the way you present is something critical, then you've got to learn how to do that. So I've seen people who are skillful, who are good at what they do, because they cannot present what they do, somebody else takes the glory. And guess what? That person will always get the reward. When you go to a store and you say, I like this brand, but the carton is broken, do you buy it? So why do you expect that they should choose you? If you're dirty or if you dress shabbily, if your English is not, and you say it is not important. It's 
delusion of grandeur, you're just deceiving yourself. It doesn't have to be either or, right? Again, like I said, emotional value pays, but emotional value on the base of tangible product performance. And the tangible means I know how to do my job, I deliver against what the people want. So if we all went to Sweet Sensation and the place was nice, but the food was awful, will we go back there? So you've got to get your food right, because that's the basic thing people are, are paying for. But then the ambience, the music, the way it is, the way the people attend to me, whether they make me feel special, the washrooms and things like that, go to add extra value to make sure that the people want to come back again. Because they have choices. They can go to different places. So the last moment of truth out of the three is where you try or use a product. So, you know all those people who in Moluebos will sell you that drug that can cure 50 things. The only reason why they can do it and get away is they're sure they will not meet you in the same bus tomorrow. But if you have a business that has a location, I know that I entered your store, I was treated shabbily, I entered your restaurant, right? Your restaurant, the service was bad. Next time, I will not come there. So the third moment of truth is when the consumer uses what service or product you have offered. If it delivers against the promise you have made to the consumer, then you have a repeat purchase. And it is when you get repeat purchase that your business becomes sustainable. Because if people try your product once and they stop, you only get trial. And after a while, what you find is your business starts to go down. And you know, we live in a society where people are always trying new stuff. The example I always use for people about sustainability is things like bars or nightclubs. And I always challenge, I say, okay, how many people know how many bars were in existence on the island or on the mainland 10 years ago? How many are still existing? Because if you open a new one, people will go there. Same thing like churches. There's a new church. People will rush there. There's a new church. People will rush there. How many are able to sustain the people that they have and attract new people? You've got to be clear what is it you're offering, what is it you're all about, which is why it links back to your vision. Because that's what allows you to stay focused. You know, these are the things that the people want from you. As a business person and as an employee, what is it that makes you different from Mr. B? We're all wired differently. We all have different skills, right? We can learn from each other. But the moment you start to lose your own authenticity, you stop being who you are. And guess what? You become confused because you're trying to be a lot of things that you're probably not the best skilled for. So critical to understand those moments of truth because all the things we do in marketing is all to ensure that you win in these three moments. So whether it is advertising, whether it's distribution of products, whether it is manufacturing or design of products, everything that is done in any business is to ensure you win in these three moments of truth. The brands or the businesses or the companies or the individuals that continually 
ensure that at these three moments of truth they are winning are the ones that always win and have a business that will survive forever. Part of the challenge we have as a country is that we always think short term. So if I think about indigenous companies, how many companies do we have today that have lasted 30 years? How many? Very, very few. Most of them are multinationals. The local companies come, they grow for a while, they make a lot of noise, and guess what? Because they're not driven by vision, because they're driven by the need for the owner to make money, right? they do not invest to ensure that the businesses survive and outlast them. The second thing is that we do not structure the business to be able to sustain itself. If, this was a, if I was working for a Nigerian company, I probably may not be the MD because the man's great-grandson or grand-uncle or somebody might probably be the one to lead, despite the fact that he is not capable. Most times, most of the biggest challenges we face, especially small businesses, is when we try to run our businesses like family. I separate family from business. You cannot run your business and run it sustainably if you do not put the right systems or the right processes and put the right people in the business. So when we talk about marketing, marketing, traditionally people will talk about four Ps. Okay, I have my product, I have my promotion, I have my price, I have my place. But you also have to think about the processes and the people that will run your business. Because if all those elements are not together, your businesses will not survive. Some of the biggest challenges is how to tell your wife that she is not, she's a non-executive director, which means she can't take decisions for the business. It's a tough one. Or the husband. And I've been, I've been I can use examples from current business. We went to visit a distributor. The woman is the one running the business. Her husband has a separate business. Her business was growing because she was running her business better. And I think in a lot of the, in the distributive trade, I've seen women who are more successful than men because they have a lot more focused. And actually, sometimes their reasons for starting the business is more long-term, right? The guys just want something to show that I've arrived. And once the money starts growing, they think of now, how do I prove that I've arrived? So we went, and they were introducing us to the family and the business. OK, so the rep said, this is Madame. She's the MD of the business. And then when this is um, her husband, and continued. OK, time for remarks. The husband said, first of all, I want to say something. I was not properly introduced. Oh. I am the chairman of this company. <laughs> But at a point, we had to come in and probably try and cause, because the business was at risk. There are certain decisions he was not equipped to take, he will want to take, right? And we had to call and say, look, you've got to make a call. If you want to grow this business for that, yes, your husband is chairman, but chairman doesn't take day-to-day -day decisions, right? But it's something critical. We may laugh about it, but if your business is not structured in a manner to ensure that the business works, right, your business will bleed. This, one of the biggest things that causes small businesses to, to fail, actually the largest cost
for most businesses worldwide is financial management. And when you have a lack of that kind of internal control, because the husband can go to the business and take some money, the wife can go to the business and take some money, guess what? At the end of the day, the clerks who are seeing you take some money will also take some. When you're collecting 10, they will add two to that 10. And before you know it, you cannot manage your business properly. It is better to put clear structures depending on how you want to grow your business. Instead, put that your brother on an allowance rather than make him to come and run the business and allow him to destroy your business. It is cheaper for you to give him an allowance than for you to put him to run the business because you think he's your brother. He may not be the best person to help you run your business. So critical to understand as you're building the business that those are the areas that drive uh, that. People pay more for emotional value. So if you have a business where you've created that, then you're, you're most likely going to survive. The key thing to always ask, what problem are you trying to solve? Because every business, remember back to the definition of marketing, creating value through either product or service that meets a need. What is that need you're meeting? And are you checking whether that need still remains the same or it is changing? Because if you don't check that, after a while, it will be extinct. A few years back, if you look all around Lagos, what will you find? Many business centers, right? Are they surviving today? Why? A few years back, it was a big thing to work, lots of people working in the banks, right? What has happened now? They are retrenching. Why? Because you have an ATM around every corner. How many people go to the bank every day now to go and run transactions? There are things changing. If you don't keep your eyes on the things that are changing, especially with the consumer and the need you're trying to meet, you will just wake up one day and find out that your business has disappeared because your business model has changed. The world has changed. You've got to understand that. So as the world changes, you move with the world. You know the best people to learn this from? You know the guys who hawk in traffic? Do you find them hawking when traffic is flowing? But how do they know that there's going to be hold up on Maryland? They study patterns. So they know that by 8 o'clock when you're going to drop children at school, there will be traffic. They know by 2 o'clock when you're going to pick them from school, there will be traffic. They know on Sundays, because there are three churches around that area, there will be traffic. And they know by 5 to 6 when everybody is closed, there will be traffic. So what do they do? They plan and organize themselves along those lines. What is critical for you to sell if you are selling in the holdup? Change. Because if you don't have change, what will happen? You lose the business. How do they go and find that? It means they have to prepare for their change the day before. You see the point of sale that they carry? Lightweight, easy for them to carry and run. Those guys are some of the most versatile people to learn marketing from. It is not from a business school. Because they are thinking about the problems of the people that they serve. So people want cold drinks. 
but they can't carry a fridge and be running with it. So they've done one plastic bag that can hold water, an ice block, and they put it there and it's lightweight for them to carry. Is that not a fridge? You can call it anything else, but if you want a cold drink, they found a way to serve you a cold drink. That's the kind of mindset that you've got to operate if you want to ensure that you're sustainable. They also must have some kind of information network. Because from Maryland, the next time you see them as Oshodi. So how do they know that the traffic is thinning out and a new one is building up at Oshodi? How do they move their products? Do they have a drop point there or do, have they allocated some products in those places? Right? Very simple, very easy, but I think there are lessons we can learn from how versatile and adaptable these people are as far as marketing is, is concerned. What's the link between marketing and sales? Classically, you will probably say market, sales is a subset of marketing because if you take the traditional piece of marketing, what you call the place P is usually managed for you by sales. But what's the definition of selling? Can somebody try? What is selling? When people pay me money, is that, is that selling or a transaction? Payment of money for a product or service, not exactly. Somebody is here. Exchange a product or service for the value you want, which is money. Ability to exchange, partly there, but not exactly what I'm looking for. I think selling is the point where you convince the customer to part with money to take your service. Okay, convincing somebody to part with money to take your service, okay. It's wider than that, but we're getting there. Okay, take the exchange of satisfaction for money. Exchange of satisfaction is still part of that we're getting there. Okay, let me just cut it. The reason why, I'm, because we tend to limit selling to the physical transaction. But actually, selling is just getting somebody to say yes to your idea using logic, data, emotion, or intuition. Just getting somebody to say yes to your idea using either data, logic, uh, emotion, and intuition. Now, some of the best salespeople you have are children. A couple of us have children, right? When that thing that you've promised them and they want to get it. When they have a fantastic exam result or test score, is that not when they remind you that you promised us about this? What are they doing? They're using emotion, right? Now, emotion works, but it does not always work. That's why I've put it there. It's logic, it's data, right? Intuition, what does the person want? What are the facts to support what my proposition is? So the point is for us not to see selling just from a transactional basis. So even in businesses, I always tell my people, I said, every day you're selling your ideas. Because I have a proposal, and we say my boss doesn't agree. He says no. The question is, do you understand why 
Do you understand what your boss wants? If you are able to sell something to him that meets his needs, you're most likely to get a yes. But because we just think, oh, I have this beautiful proposal. Oh, I want us to do something. I went to talk to my boss, and my boss said no. Oh, they don't like my ideas. They don't like ideas. No, no. You have not sold your idea correctly. Because for every business, you have a lot of choices to make. Again, life is about choices. You're not the only one that has ideas. If I have 3,000 employees and everybody sets an idea, we do not have the funds to be able to support all ideas. Which ideas will we choose? The ideas that best meets our needs, delivers the kind of profit we are looking for, and at the same time is consistent with the vision or the principles that we've set. Now, for you to be able to sell, it means you need to understand my position. What I need, what am I struggling with? What are the problems or limitations that I have? So somebody says yes to your idea, if your idea meets his needs, takes advantage of the opportunities, and you demonstrate that you understand my limitations and you show how you can help me handle my limitations. And if you're able to do that, I will get a yes. So sometimes we go hard-pressed using emotion and emotion and relationships. Relationships are good because they cement the, or they create the opportunity for you to be able to present your idea. But the best relationships are those that are based on sound commercial logic. So when people say, come and buy because of me, come and put money in my bank because of me. If you don't put, they will sack me. If you don't put, they will. No, 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 no. You can get that some of the time. What is the value? Why should I do it? So that's really what selling is all about. So understanding what your consumer needs, understanding what your customer needs, and translating that into the right idea is what helps you. So I always remind my salespeople that our distributors did not open their businesses to build skyscrapers of products in their warehouse. They have a problem they want to solve. They want to pay school fees. They want to build a house. They want to leave an inheritance for their children. How do you demonstrate that your product can actually play a part in meeting those needs? then they will continually buy your products. If you can't do that, you will force them to buy the first time. They will buy out of emotion with you. But if the product is sitting in their warehouse and doing nothing, guess what? You will not get the second sale. You'll be like the guy selling drugs in the mall where you know that you'll not meet the customer, so you know what? You can get away with it. But if it's somebody that you're going to go back to again to get a repeat sale, then you've got to demonstrate clear, tangible benefits. So for people who are into selling or salesmen, people buy benefits, they don't buy features. I don't give a shit how fantastic your car looks. Will it make money for me? I don't care how this product looks, how beautifully designed it is, how the perfume is sweet. The retailer who is buying the soap is not buying the soap because she wants to smell it. She's not buying it because she wants her store to smell nice. She's buying it because she wants to make money to pay rent, to pay school fees, and that. 
If my soap does not help her to pay rent, pay school fees, and build a house, she will stop buying. It is the consumer that is bothered about whether my soap lathers, whether my soap smells nice, whether the fragrance is right. So we've got to separate both. You've got to separate what you're talking or doing to the consumer and what you're trying to do to the customer that you're trying to sell to. If people see that your proposition delivers sustainable value to them, guess what? They will buy from you. One of the easiest ways of using selling, I tell people, relationships. Why will a beautiful, smart young woman decide to marry this guy who has nothing? What are you selling? What are you selling? If you're able to sell to her that you have a future that is bright and tangible, guess what? She might just say yes to you. But how would you sell that to her? You have to demonstrate it in the manner and the way you act today. Because that's what gives her the confidence that you have a future. So if you have a plan, even though I don't have money today, if I am focused in the way I handle my things, if I'm collected in the way I do my things, if my behavior, my character, guess what? She might forgo that guy that has the four-wheel drive and decide that you're the right person because she can see tangible evidence. So you're trying to sell yourself. It is not emotion. It is not blackmail. Oh, I used to come around you for five years, ten years, and now you've dumped me because, no. You did not sell your proposition correctly. So selling can extend to anything, from an idea to a proposal to relationships. You've got to be clear, what exactly am I trying to sell? What does she want? What does he want? Do I offer that? Do I have something that is tangible that they can rely on? And those are the things that allow me to be able to do that. Once you're able to understand the needs, and once you're able to show that your products deliver against those needs, that's what people pay for. People pay for benefits. People don't pay for futures. People pay for benefits. Thank <laughs> you.